Hello there. This is my first time recording an episode the day that it comes out because I decided to re-record my episode recap for the following episodes five through eight for season one. I just want to go ahead and send a huge, enormous thank you to Sydney for leaving a comment on Apple Podcasts. Comments on Apple Podcasts are crucial. They really help to dictate who is able to land in the top 200 podcasts for any category. It also really lets me know that I'm not doing this podcast for myself and that I am getting the interaction that I hope to get because it is a lot of work to watch a show and recap it. You're not just a fan anymore. You you shift from being a fan into a critic and to edit takes so long. So thank you, Sydney. Thank you to every single subscriber that I have. Thank you guys so much. I can't wait to continue to do this. Please just rate me on Apple. Please tell your friends. Do whatever you can because it means the world to me. So thank you. If you notice the audio quality is different on this, I'm using the same app that I used when I did my interview with Trinity. That was a few episodes ago. Um, I just think my voice sounds super hot and super sexy. I'm just going to be real. I think it sounds very good with this app. It is very insane how young I sound um, with this app. And whenever I, like, leave a voicemail, I sound young. And it trips me out. But I also sound sexy. And I re-recorded, I'm re-recording this episode because I feel that I just sounded a little too asleep um, a little, I just don't like the, tam- the tone of my voice, um, for the initial episode five. So I said, I'm going to re-record my episodes from here on out. Um, also I do think I want to do a episode where I kind of give a little information about myself. I, one of the reasons why I'm doing, um, a podcast about a show is to really keep my personal life out of the picture But um, I'm new to this, so I'm experimenting, and I may start talking a little bit about myself before I launch into talking about P-Valley. I'll see, but I think after my episode seven, I um, I will publish an episode where I talk about myself a little bit more. Give a little background info. Enough with that. Let's get into episode five. So episode five is called Belly, and it was written by the series creator, Katori Hall. Many people online naturally have pitted Mississippi up against Mercedes, and a lot of people are saying that Mississippi is that bitch and that she's a better dancer. I disagree. I fell in love with a stripper named Mercedes. I apologize for being so cheesy, but I I had to. I fell in love with Mercedes from the moment that she was out on stage and she took a random random guy's head, put it in her crotch. She was there gyrating, smiling, feeling herself, feeling the crowd, looking so happy. Mercedes gets you hyped. Like she, whether you want to be enjoying her on stage or not, she is going to really get you excited to see what she's going to do next. Her confidence is absolutely incredible. It was lust at first sight for me with Mercedes. 
the way that she owns her sexuality and has so much fun on stage, I'm in. Now, if Sasha Fierce were a stripper, she would be Mercedes. Hands down, Mercedes is that freak in the sheets, and Mississippi is that lady in the streets for me. So her confidence and her command of the stage surpasses Mississippi's. And I know that Mercedes shut down her daughter's bad bitch party, but I'm hoping that Mercedes will teach a bad bitch course because I would enroll. She just, she's so confident. Love it. Now, Keyshawn, Mississippi, is graceful. She just spins on that pole like an acrobat, and she is a girl that you take home to mama. Mississippi's mesmerizing dancing it feels more like a celebration of her body and how flexible she is with it. She just gets you to stare and watch her spin, drop, roll around, put her back into a little bit. She doesn't twerk like Sadie's, but she sells her sex appeal so effortlessly in a different way than Mercedes does. Mercedes turns you on, but without the subtlety that Mississippi has. So it just depends on what you're into. If you want a freak, then you got to go with Mercedes because you can tell that she seems like she gets a little nasty with it. She puts her back into it, and she's a commanding dancer with great stage presence. While Mississippi is stunning, a little timid, she's captivating in a very different way. Both of the women are very good at what they do. I would give both of them all of my coins, and I would never complain about it. And maybe they should have, like, a dance-off. Like, maybe we should have, like, Mercedes on one pole in the club and then Mississippi's on another pole in the club, and they just kind of switch off. That would be so, so fun to see. So moving on, inside at the pink, there is a woman named Lauren at the bar. We will never forget this bitch, okay, because she's there slurring. She's already drunk. She says she's at the pink to spend of all of her divorce settlement money. Thank you, P-Valley, for showing us how many ways that people could fuck up with their money. This is not a good use of your divorce settlement. So she has Gidget dancing topless on top of her, and she also tells Mississippi that she is the most beautiful woman she has ever seen. No pressure. Next, we see that Lauren starts bawling her eyes out. She's talking about how she doesn't want to return to her big house because she's all by herself. Keyshawn tells Lauren that she needs to take her blessings to God because Keyshawn is the sweetest. And Keyshawn told this to Lauren before she found out that Lauren was about to give Keyshawn a blessing because Lauren passes out on the floor with her stacks of cash money right beside her. How much do you think it was? Now, my guess is $5,000, and I'm guessing that just because that's what I hope it is. I hope it was at least five stacks. Go ahead, girls. Do your thing. Make us all jealous. Keyshawn and Gidget, they look at each other, and they say nothing because we already know it means that they're about to take every single dollar away from Lauren. And I think that it was very, very wrong. Lauren was already broken, devastated, but she did come to the club to spend all of her money, and technically she did get rid of all of her money. 
She also said that she lives in a big house, which implies that there's probably more money where it came from. But my issue with this particular scene is that I think that P-Valley, it definitely goes above and beyond to humanize strippers. This scene, however, just enforces negative stereotypes that strippers are money-hungry and they will take your money whenever possible. It just wasn't the best look for strippers. But that being said, I can't think of anyone who would just let someone who said, I want to spend all this money, pass out without taking the money that's right next to them. And somebody else would have went and picked up that money if Keyshawn and Gidget didn't do it. So they did what anybody would in that position. So after Clifford wakes up from a night in the phone zone with her man, she stands up and stares at Lil Myrna's nude body. And I saw this meme that had, <laughs> I saw this meme from the recent fight with Mike, with Jake Paul, sorry, where um, I do not know the opponent's name and I'm definitely not stopping recording <laughs> to Google, but where they have the person that Jake Paul knocked out on the, on the floor of the boxing rink and somebody says that that was how Lil Murda was laying on the couch after <laughs> A night with Uncle Clifford. So, anyways, they're both in the office of the pink, Uncle Clifford and Lil Murda, because why go to a second location when you're too busy having sex at the first one? We see that Uncle Clifford is smoking and brushing her beard, and she has a look on her face that says, what am I going to do now? And it was such a tender moment between Uncle Clifford and Lil Murda. And I just have to, like, remind everybody or maybe just my horny self that Uncle Clifford is so good-looking. Oh, I don't mind. I just don't mind seeing Uncle Clifford on, on my screen. So Uncle Clifford likes to be in control of her club, but she just can't really control getting immersed in this possible new romance. And we are rooting for y'all. Back to P-Valley. Clifford gets dressed and leaves her office to find a passed out Lauren. She was robbed by salt and pepper strippers, Gidget and Keyshawn, as we know. And she sprawled out on the floor. And Uncle Clifford is like, I don't know what it is about just busting a nut the night before. But all of a sudden, she's completely different. She's Uncle Clifford is usually protective and nurturing. And this was really a stretch for her because she basically told Lauren to get the fuck out. She, you know, had her leave the club, even though she was so drunk, didn't see about how she's going to get home. So it's like everybody is just being shady in a way. We have Keyshawn and Gidget. They took Lauren's money. Then Uncle Clifford is, is telling Lauren to get the fuck out. Then we see Uncle Clifford sees everyone is surrounding the door at the pink. And she goes, oh, my God, Mercedes dead. <laughs> it's like, it was just so funny. Um, but Tone Dev, Mississippi, doesn't seem to care that she's about to lose her job. Everybody is staring at this big sign on the door that says that there are only 14 days left and that the pink will be foreclosed on. Mississippi is just talking about how many views she has on Instagram per video. And once Uncle Clifford sees that 14-day sign, she faints just like an exhausted, an exhausted diva would. 
I loved it because that's not what you're expecting. 14 days? No, no, no. Give me 30, please. So when Autumn goes to the wire transfer place, she's told that her account has been frozen because she went too hard with taking out $9,000 at a time too many times. And they're like, nope, not today. So we find out that the drunken divorcee, Lauren, got hemmed up for drunk driving, which is what happens when you're thrown out of a club in the morning. And she is in the same jail cell with Mercedes and her shady mom. Lauren is singing Lil Murda's song or Lil Murda's lyrics. When Mercedes recognizes the song and she finds out that Lauren was at the pink and she finds out that Keyshawn danced in her place. Ouch. Mercedes has her fingerprints taken and she recognizes the cop who's helping her is Jesse, the same man who was trying to grab her in the club. And he's there. He's the person who is taking her mugshot. And she is so upset. I mean, it just keeps getting worse for Mercedes. The male prisoners are excited to see her because she's walking around the prison. Or she's walking around looking sexy as hell in her gorgeous floss. I mean, poor thing. She needed some clothes so badly. So a transgender woman is asking to be moved to the cisgendered women's cell. A problem that I hadn't considered as a cisgender woman, so I really appreciate that scene. As soon as Mercedes sees her trifling mom, she fights her again. They're placed in the very same jail cell. Awkward. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I'm not really sure that Mercedes' mom, Patrice, even cares that her daughter is throwing hands. Patrice still got what she wanted from Mercedes, which is all of her money and a brand new church. Side note, beads of sweat are covering Mercedes' forehead, and I am losing my mind knowing that no one on set wanted to wipe the sweat from her face. We as viewers don't need to see anyone sweating. We already know everyone is up in the south and it's hotter than Satan's butthole. We don't need to see the juices from Satan's butthole sprayed across anyone's forehead. I don't think it adds to the plot. Please, no sweating on anyone in season two. (laughs) As someone who hates to be hot, I just, I couldn't handle the sweating the beads of sweat on anyone in the show. We already know the day up in the South. Please, please don't torture us like this. So Autumn the Scammer's ex, Montavious Hill, goes to the Chekalisa police station, saying that he's looking for Haley, a.k.a. Autumn Knight, and Sheriff Bailey offers to put up a missing persons poster or posters for him because Montavious has some tears shed from his eye. <laughs> okay, all right. So, Bailey lets Clifford know that Mercedes got lost in the sauce last night, and Uncle Clifford pays her bottom bitch a visit behind bars. We see that a man is masturbating to Mercedes' banging body, and I'm scared for her. This is not what she needs. Somebody get this bitch out ASAP. So, Mercedes turns down Clifford's offer to pay her bail because Mercedes is legit allergic to handouts. Clifford cups her face, and Mercedes looks like a cute, sad little girl. Little Myrna's Bay tells Mercedes to keep her hands off her mom, and then Uncle Clifford's leave. I mean, how adorable did Mercedes look when Uncle Clifford was cupping her face? 
poor girl, like, she's really going through it. We hate to see it. So in the jail cell, Mercedes announces that her mom took out bills and a card in her name when she was only three years old. And Mercedes puts her mom on blast because the other women that were in the cell with her, they feel that Mercedes shouldn't have been fighting her mom. And now they're starting to look at Patrice differently. So Mercedes is doing well right now, getting everybody to hate Patrice. Meanwhile, Gidget is dealing with her own parental nightmare. Gidget's trailer trash mom is screaming at her to hurry up and give her a smoothie laced with God knows what, but it's probably something that Gidget took from her man. And Gidget is only wearing underwear and a tank top when she gets a call from Mercedes because, again, this is how exactly the outfit, the uniform that Haley keeps on when she's at home. These bitches, they like to be naked at work and naked in their houses, too. So... Mercedes calls Gidget and asks her to bail her out of jail. And the timing of this is important because, remember, Mercedes had an attitude with Gidget. And now she has to suck it up and call Gidget and ask for help. And it just lets you know, like, don't ever be a bitch to nobody because you never know when your ass needs to be bailed out of jail. So when Mercedes hangs up the phone from Gidget, we see that Jesse, the very same guy who was trying to touch Mercedes crotch, he slowly approaches her, and I am not ready for this potential, for this scene to potentially go very, very far south to the left. My heart stopped and I froze. Mercedes has been through enough for one day. We don't need to see Jesse approaching her like he's about to assault her. And, you know, she possibly has been through so much her entire life. Look at who her fucking mother is. But thankfully, Jesse just wanted to give Mercedes a coat to cover up. Patrice tries to make amends with her daughter, but Mercedes calls her mom a bitch and says she would never be a mother like her. Gidget texts the other dancers, asking them for bail money. A handful of them show up to the bail bonds place, and then they find out that Mercedes' bail has jumped from $2,000 to $5,354. Another thought-provoking scene. When I watched this, I thought that if you get a job like stripping so that you can rise up from poverty, you can't even put a few thousand dollars together on a whim. So no matter what your occupation is, if you aren't saving your money, you're no better off than someone who makes $60 a day. No, um events to somebody who makes $60 a day. Money is money. And if that person who's making $60 a day is saving more than the person who's making 400 a day, then we already know who's winning. So Autumn shows up at the bail place and smokes with Gidget outside. When Gidget asks Autumn what she would do if someone stole her money, Autumn responds by saying that she would kill them. And she says this with a straight face. And we both, Gidget and every single viewer knows that Autumn ain't telling no lies when she says that. They both watch Mercedes' car get towed just to make things worse. Here Mercedes is in jail. Now she has a brand new expensive bill on top of her her bail money. So Mercedes was just walking around with her nose in the air like, I am that bitch. I'm a bad bitch. I'm, I'm done with this stripping game. And then here she is with such an embarrassing fall from grace. Stay humble. Back in the county jail, Mercedes' mom says that she, quote, began in the muck. 
Patrice tells the other prisoners that they too can rise up out of it. And Lauren, the divorced woman, says that she slept with her husband's mama. Stop right there. Plot twist. Now that's one way to throw away your marriage. I love Lauren. I'm obsessed with her. (laughs) I really do want more of Lauren because I had never even considered a woman sleeping with her husband's mom as a possibility. I love it, though. It's like, especially if I love it, as in I would never do it. But especially if her husband's mom was a young mom and her husband's mom was a super bad bitch and she was tired of fucking around with men. But I just want to know, like, how do you cross that line? Because I will never have the courage to even think about hitting on somebody like that. So again, Lauren, she's a legend in my eyes. So after Lauren drops that bombshell, she starts singing with Patrice. Lauren can sing. This is why I'm team Lauren. I need more singing from Lauren. She had a beautiful voice, and I hope that she does some solos at Patrice's new church. I don't want Patrice's church not to be burnt down, but if it is before it's burnt down, Please get Lauren there just singing, giving us some solos. Yes, Lauren. So Patrice turns everywhere into a pulpit. After Mercedes goes ahead and lets the other women know that Patrice is trash as a parent, Patrice says, when you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, it feels like the best orgasm in the world. Joy like no man or vibrator can give. Okay, so this is weird and this is untrue. Patrice Woodbine is batshit crazy. She is certifiable. Bitch, why are you talking about vibrators? Like, why are you talking about a man giving you an orgasm or a vibrator giving you an orgasm as a reason why these women should go to church? That is just like... Yes, these women, they're in jail, but that's not the way to convert them. That's very extreme. It's disgusting. It's blasphemous. Patrice, shut the fuck up. You just, you don't know anything about anything. Accepting Christ into your heart, yeah, it it can feel really great. I used to do it. I used to be, I grew up in the church. I used to accept Christ into my heart. I could go down a road about my religious background on a separate episode, possibly. but. At no point ever has anybody spoken about orgasms and vibrators as a reason why somebody should go to church and become a Christian and become saved. Like, Patrice is nasty. And I think the reason why she was sexualizing religion this way is because she was a pimp. She was a pimp. She says it. She hints at it. She did it with Mercedes. She was a prostitute. Like, she just, her mind is in the gutter. And she's a dumbass. So... Mercedes' mom says that, quote, you talk about how I was a pimp, but I started lower than that on my knees, and God knows I wasn't down there to pray. I got on my knees so you wouldn't have to. Don't think you're going to sit up there and judge me. God ain't judge me. He forgives. He forgives us all, end quote. (sighs) Patrice. I am so exhausted by Patrice. Like, I am so exhausted. 
I retweeted on the P Valley podcast Twitter how somebody said that they're rewatching the series and muting all of Patrice's scenes. Or muting Patrice every time she speaks. And that is exactly how I plan to rewatch the show. Patrice says that she was on her knees working as a prostitute, prostitute and that Mercedes shouldn't think that she's going to sit up there and judge her because God didn't judge Patrice. Interesting. The only thing Patrice does is sit up there and judge Mercedes for dancing. Yet she has yet to forgive Mercedes for a temporary occupation. She is too busy screaming out that she's a hoe and stealing her money. This is how a lot of religious folks get down. The hypocrisy within the Christian community and within a lot of organized religions is so steep. It is really intense. And they don't see it. They they always think that they're in the right. It is their right to judge you. How dare you think about judging them? And they can weave in and out of being a good person and in and out of committing sins. And what Patrice does is a sin. Stealing money is a sin. But, you know, that's fine. She just tells Mercedes she's not supposed to judge her. So Mercedes... She reaches her breaking point. She bends down and she whispers in her mom's ear, you're dead to me. It was a bone-chilling interaction. But what Mercedes needs to do is try to get her mom's church taken away from her or shut down. If she's dead to you, make sure that her church is dead to you too. Mercedes makes bail and she walks down a hallway of the jail and the light from the hallway is coming in from the opposite direction, and it highlights Mercedes' flawless hourglass, snatched fig- figure, giving me all the gym inspiration I need. There's no waist trainer that could give you a tiny waist like that. This is what the hell Mercedes was talking about when she told Patrice that she is blessed and highly favored. Yes, you are, honey. You better work. Who knew that Mercedes was that snatched? Her hourglass figure is sickening. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't. My waist, it's like my waist loves to be, it loves to look the opposite <laughs> of Mercedes matched as hell waist. I mean, okay, go off, honey. So Mercedes sees Autumn is, wa- is waiting outside, and Mercedes asks for Gidget and Keyshawn, and Autumn tells her to get her ass up in the car. Mercedes then starts crying when she's in in the front seat, and Autumn asks Mercedes where she wants to go. Mercedes tells her, anywhere but here. Next, we are up in a barber shop where we see that Mayor Ruffin is cutting up, and he's wearing a tuxedo and telling jokes while Andre gets a haircut. Uncle Clifford walks into the barber shop in a platinum blonde wig and heels and shorts. And her look was actually inspired by Beyonce. And I got to give it to Uncle Clifford for this. A barbershop is a place that often promotes and supports toxic masculinity and conversations and comments about women and men that are steeped in misogyny. And here comes Uncle Clifford. (laughs) Like, guess what? You may not want to see me the way that I am dressed, but I'm going to bring it to you anyway. I'm not going to tone it down. This is how I present. This is what I like to wear. I stand. I could never do it. I just don't have that much courage. So 
I would be so afraid of what people would say in a barber shop about me. But Uncle Clifford's stance in her truth, you got to respect it. She actually helps people to see who she is and that it's not a problem and that she shouldn't have to change just because you don't like what she's wearing. So the mayor gets upset that Uncle Clifford knows anything about the casino at all. And Mayor Ruffin <laughs> accuses Andre of having sex with Uncle Clifford. This is exactly what some straight men do. So back at the pink, Lil Murda's song is playing on the speakers. Lil Murda is on stage rapping, making it rain, and really feeling himself off. Keyshawn is working that pole. Again, we're able to hear all the work that goes into, you know, working the pole. We hear the breathing. More of this, please. I love hearing how tiring stripping is because it reminds us of the athleticism required and something that the girls all make look so very simple to execute. People are cheering, and Lil Murda goes into Uncle Clifford's office, probably all hype off of his performance, and Uncle Clifford tells his favorite rapper that he got carried away when they had sex, and Lil Murda is like, absolutely not. Lil Murda tells Uncle Clifford that he wanted to have sex with her again in the morning. Okay. So Murda tells Clifford he wants to take her out on a date. He tells Uncle Clifford that his real name is Lamarcus. What a perfect name. And how amazing is it to see that Lil Murda presents as a heterosexual man who just wants hoes and bitches and doesn't give a, doesn't care but Lil Murda is so incredibly romantic and Lil Murda is really showing us what it means to actually show someone how much you appreciate them I'm a, I'm jumping ahead of course but if you watch the show you know that Lil Murda sits there and puts effort into his dates with Uncle Clifford in a way that people who have dated someone for years they don't even put in the effort not even a little bit of it um a little bit as much of effort that lamarcus does i love it so clifford reminds lamarcus about how dangerous it is for them to be seen on a date together but lil murda insists and lil murda says that fallen was written about how he feels about uncle clifford they then start kissing because how could you not when you find out someone wrote a song about you Keyshawn's baby daddy shows up to the tank with their baby. All of the strippers are silent as Keyshawn walks out to meet with him. It is at this moment that we learn Keyshawn is getting her ass beat by Derek, a white man she has two kids with. I'm going to let you finish in a minute, but this is one of the biggest surprises of the entire season. Of the entire season. Diamond is nearby looking stressed out, smoking while Keyshawn and Derek have a conversation. Derek asks Mississippi, why are you coming out here looking all naked? I'm actually so glad that Derek asks his stripper girlfriend why she is dressed like a stripper at a strip club while she's working. His question shows how abusers think. Everything you do is wrong literally everything, when you're dating someone abusive. They always find a way to put everything on their victims. Derek tells his punching bag that she can stay at home now because he started working at a shop again. He tells her that he watched her stripping video and she looks beautiful. 
So Keyshawn gets her ass beat by a man who has no job. Good to know. Good to know, Keyshawn. Once Derek sees that Keyshawn has blown up, he shows up at her job and tells her to quit. Again, typical bullshit that an abuser would do. Derek is completely dumb and worthless. He should want Keyshawn to keep stripping now that she's making a name for herself. She'll make more money, dumbass, which is good for you and your two kids. Mississippi tells Derek that her job pays the bills and the other girls watch her baby while she dances. She walks back inside the pink to go straight to Uncle Clifford's office to drop off her baby, right? And then she spots Uncle Clifford and Shmurda tugging each other down. Murda says he'll handle Keyshawn, which keeps Clifford's engine humming, in the words of Autumn. We see that Mercedes and her former arch nemesis, Autumn, are now fast friends. And Autumn brings Mercedes some Kool-Aid <laughs> in a glass because that's how classy that that's how classy Autumn is. Actually, I mean, let's be honest. You know that Autumn, like, probably only has a wine glass up in her freaking apartment since she was such an alcoholic. And Autumn goes ahead and she tells Mercedes that she quit drinking cold turkey. And the only reason that I personally believe this is because I don't think that Autumn was that into alcohol in the first in the first place. She was just using it. She was self-medicating after she lost her daughter. I don't think she had a dependency on alcohol for a very long time, which makes it easy easier for her to stop the binge drinking. So Autumn says that she wanted to die and she deserved to die after her daughter was killed. Autumn definitely makes veiled hints at being suicidal. I appreciate that in this show because mental health is not discussed often enough in the African-American community. So Autumn says that a suitcase appeared and inside it was a new life. Autumn tells Mercedes that she has a lot of money and then she puts Mercedes onto her game she says that she'll she tells Mercedes that she'll give her ten thousand dollars, but she'll need ten fake IDs. Next we see that Montavious is in a hotel eating from the famous Chuckalisa fast food joint crystals, the same fast food joint that Mercedes was just asking Autumn about. So Montavious is looking at his laptop screen and he's reviewing all of the money that Autumn has been withdrawing from his account. Yikes, Autumn, you in danger, girl. You better hurry up and get the hell out of Chuck Elisa as fast as you can. That's all, everyone. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, rate, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. See you next week.